The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Mary said, My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked upon his lowly servant. From this day all generations will call me blessed. The Almighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. He has mercy on those who fear him in every generation. He has shown the strength of his arm and has scattered the proud in their conceit. He has cast down the mighty from their thrones and has lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has come to the help of his servant Israel, for he remembered his promise of mercy, the promise he made to our fathers, to Abraham and his children forever. Mary remained with Elizabeth about three months and then returned to her home. The Gospel of the Lord. Yeah, we're looking at, uh, you know, the scene, the continuation of, um, of the visitation where um, Mary greets Elizabeth and, and, and is greeted by her, uh, the, uh, the infant, uh, the, really the, um, uh, John the Baptist in, in the womb of, of his mother Elizabeth, dancing for joy at, at, the, uh, at, at the news of, uh, of the arrival of, of Mary and Jesus. And, um, you know, we're supposed to see this, this great parable that's, uh, that's given to us uh, from the book of Samuel, from the first book of Samuel. Uh, Hannah's uh, giving thanks for the birth of Samuel. And you say, well, g- giving thanks? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure that that's, that sums it up, right? This is what, what happens with Hannah and Samuel here. We, we know, you know, Hannah's kind of um, her, her sobbing, her plea, her... Uh, and, and the rest draws, uh, draws the attention of, um, uh, of the priest, Eli, uh, in, in earlier scene in the, in, the, in the book where he accuses her of being drunk because she's you know, sobbing uncontrollably and, and the rest, right? She's, uh, she's so distraught at the fact that she is, she is barren. She, she has no child. And yet we, we look here and we see when, uh, when the child is is given her, okay, she says, now I in turn give him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he shall be dedicated to the Lord. You say, okay, yeah, that's, that's pretty reasonable stuff there. And then the, the close of it is, she left Samuel there. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, right? So, you, you know, all the, the long suffering and the rest and uh, the, the pains of, of being without child, you don't have the child again, right? Because you because you left him there. Okay, that's an that's an extraordinary dedication, and it's it's a fitting parallel between you know there, there and the the gospel passage that uh, that we have in front of us, where Mary's hymn of praise is say the the fruition of her dedicating Jesus to God, and and perhaps more to the point, right? Because we can imagine. Hannah would never have been able to leave Samuel there with Eli, uh, were it not for the fact that she saw her life as totally dedicated to God, right? So here we have Mary in her own understanding of her dedication to God, and of course then her progeny likewise, totally, uh, totally dedicated to God. We see again one, you know, one of my kind of... Um, 
one of my themes for, for Advent uh, this year, uh, God's love of poverty. Yeah, we see that here in, precisely in the Magnificat, in this great hymn of, of praise uh, that Mary's offering. It's all, you know, the, the turning upside down of, say, the current world regime. Yeah, so we, un we understand, I think we, I think we get it. I mean, perhaps this is one of the perennial challenges uh, for us who, um, at least in, in, in pretty significant experiential ways, profit from the way the world is, right? So we say, well, yeah, I mean, like, I have, I have plumbing, right? That's, that's a good thing. That's, that's a great improvement of modern times. I mean, I, I, have, I have access to, to all the information that was, that was ever conceived of in the world, and it's in my pocket right now. Now, that's probably a scourge. We may not, we, we may like it. I don't know if, I don't know if you like your slavery to your cell phone. I'm not, you know, it's probably a love-hate relationship. That's the way idolatry goes, right? But there have been, there have been some things in the world that we say, okay, well, these are, these are great improvements over the course of time. And we look at things like the, the global economy. I, we, we may think that we profit from it. We may, th we may think we don't. But this is, this is a part of the challenge, right? It's a, it's a pretty confusing space for us to be in as it, as it relates to the, the mighty, the powerful, the rich, the, the rest. And where do we see ourselves in that, in that place? And where do we see ourselves in, in God's plan affecting his reality, right? The kingdom of God that, that he wants to bring into full effect. Um, is, you know, how, how does it line up with the kingdoms of the world? How does it not line up with the kingdoms of the world? What should we embrace and accept as being, you know, some, some part of the, the production of uh, what is true and good and beautiful, the, the artifacts of our culture that are true and good and beautiful? And, and then the rest of it that needs to be challenged and, and confronted and, in fact, toppled and probably destroyed. And where, where do we stand there? It's a bit of a clearer picture, perhaps, um, for, for Mary and, and Elizabeth, um, where, you know, you have the, the regime of, of the Herods and, uh, and their oppression of, of the people backed up by the power of Rome, right? It's clear that, you know, they're not terribly interested in, in the coming of the kingdom of God. Their, their kingdom is the one that rules over all, and they don't take challengers very well, right? So the, the, it's, the, and the people then living under that particular uh, slavery want to uh, want, of course, the the regime to be toppled, so that God can uh, exercise His authority as King, right? And this is one of the great slogans of the of the revolutions con uh, and revolutionaries, roughly contemporaneous with Jesus, is that um, you know only only God is King, right? Only God is King, and the the question for us is you know, whether or not we want God to be king. And maybe, maybe even in an exclusive way, yeah, which is to say that, you know, do we really want the world uh, to be ordered by the power and life of heaven? Or do we not? You know, because you say, well, you know, if, if we really were to live, you know, if, if, our, if our society were to be centered on and, and emerge from a, the the power of self-giving love then what do i what do i stand to gain and what do i stand to lose yeah and and i don't know what all the what all the different calculations are but those would be that that would be you know 
say, the baseline of a question that we'd have to ask ourselves as it relates to the coming of the kingdom of God, like whether or not I actually want it. Yeah, and, and there are plenty of people around us, I think, who, who would not want it, uh, or at least on the surface wouldn't want it, right? Even though it would be precisely what they needed, it's what, it's what we were all made for, right? Both to, to live in ecstatic relationship with God. Nobody cares about this this morning, actually, but to live in ecstatic relationship, I'm just going to get more and more cranked up until I start seeing what I need to see out of you people. No, okay. We're going to go. We're going to live in ecstatic relationship. You see how close I got to the microphone? Yeah, yeah wherever that is, Suzanne probably. This is, uh, we live in ecstatic relationship with God. We want, to live, we want to live in proper relationship with each other. We want to live in, in a society that, that simply get, exists to build up the other. We want to live in a fully flourishing world. We don't want war and, and conflict and, and the rest, disharmony and everything. We, we want, we, our, hearts, our hearts are made to sing this song that Mary sings. Right? And we go back and, and do it again if we want, right? From this day, all generations will call me blessed. He has shown the strength of his army, scattered the proud in their conceit. Right? The conceit of the proud. Right? God, God, has no, God is not going to suffer the conceit of the proud. What is that? It's about me. Is the world about me? Is the world about you? This is the problem, I think, with having cell phones in our pockets, right? It's like, because they convince us that the world is about me. The whole entire world centers around me because I can go and look up whatever I want. I can buy whatever I want. I can do whatever I want on my cell phone. Right? The whole world is about me. Yeah, it's, it's about selfishness. It's about what I want. It's about what I'm going to get. How do I get what I want, right? This is, these, are, these are the complex of questions that everybody around us is asking. Who, who around us is asking, who around us is moving through the world thinking, what can I give here? Right? What can I give? How do I give of myself here so as to make this place better? Right? Who among us, right? So, okay, leave the people, quote unquote, in the world out of it. We are God's renewing force, called by him, not only into life, but called into faith and into his, say, kingdom, to be, to be members of his kingdom people, so that we could advance his rule of self-giving love, right? Are we showing up, whether it's in, in the lives of other people or in any number of places in the world, and saying, what can I give here? How do I give of myself here? That's the rule of God, yeah? That's the rule of God that we anticipate, right? So he, it's going, to, it's coming. And again, I don't know if it's coming, say, like for us with, with eager expectation, the eager expectation of Mary, or, like, or, or the fear of those who are opposed to the kingdom of God, or some mixture of the two, right? But as we take on the last couple of days of Advent, it really, ought, it really needs to be with the excitement of Mary. And we say, I'm going I'm to leave my fears to the side or brush them to the side. I'm, I'm going headlong into this thing, jumping in with both feet, right? I'm, it's going to be the kingdom of God. I, that's what I want. I want to be claimed by the love of God. I want to be loved into life. I don't want to, I want to be sustained by his strength so that I can praise him with everything I've got. And I'll pour myself out totally in his service. Totally. Totally in the sense of, right, Hannah leaving Samuel with Eli, right? The, the thing that I've prayed for the most, I'm also eager to give up to advance the plan of God, right? What, what do I own? I don't own anything. Everything is God's. And everything that God gives us is to be used to advance his plan and his purposes, Right, so, so what, I don't know, say, what do we have to lose? You have to lose everything. You know, it's like, what, what do we have to lose? You have to lose everything. 
And if you don't lose anything, you don't gain anything. Yeah, and if we, if we lose everything, we gain the kingdom. Right? We, we, gain, we get it all. But we get it all in, the act, in the very act of giving ourselves completely away. So this is, this is the challenge, right? This is, and uh, what, what's, there's nothing, it's nothing short of uh, revolutionary, right? The, this Mary's Magnificat, the, this great hymn of praise to God and, and what he intends to do. It's a complete revolution, yeah? It's a total revolution. Yeah, it's the, it's the turning inside out of everything that needs to be turned inside out. It's the turning upside down of everything that's the wrong way up, yeah? And, and, the, more we, and the more we kind of take, take note of where we are and, and survey the scene and the rest and see that things are not exactly as they should be, yeah? then, we, then we should recognize at the same time that there is going to be more asked of me in that space. Because that thing needs to get turned inside out. How's it going to happen? Of course it's going to happen by the initiative of God, which is celebrated right here. But the initiative of God is to claim us to be part of his renewing force. And the renewal is affected by our receiving the love and mercy of God, unmerited, and then pouring ourselves out in his service to, can I say, the people who don't deserve it. Yeah? And it can start here, you, I mean, you can start with me because I don't deserve it. Yeah, so you can make this small act of, of patience and charity as I'm preaching and, uh, and trying to get you riled up, you know. Like, you can make that act of, of charity as someone, I will receive it as someone who does not deserve it. That's a great act of charity on your part. We have to go out and do the same. We have to clear our minds of like, you know, whether or not, like the, the calculations of the world that have crept in, even into the work of charity, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. This is, and again, this is why God loves poverty, because there's no calculation there. There's no rank ordering of, uh, of say, uh, loves and the rest, because they, there is nothing to lose on the part of, the, of those who are poor. We want to be poor in that sense. We don't want to have anything to lose but, if, but instead, we want to have everything to, to give, we're going, and we're going to give it according to, again, the according to how we are inspired by the power of God. He is pouring himself out recklessly for us. It's ours to make that same uh, reciprocated total gift of self to him, and especially to pour ourselves out in his service so that we can begin to affect this reality that he has called us into his renewed people in order to affect.